Mobile Rolling, presented by Garrard's Horse and Hound, making shopping easier with their online store. The same extensive catalogue, the same keen prices, online or over the phone. 1-800-060-896 or visit horseandhound.com.au. Well, it's one of the most prestigious races, isn't it, on the Australian Harness Racing calendar, the Hunter Cup. But prior to that, we've got a big meeting, of course, at Gloucester Park tomorrow night with the WA Pacing Cup. And I'm just looking at the market. Chris Barsby, how are you? I'm well, Steve. Good morning. Good morning to you. Good morning, everyone. Yeah, and it's fair to say there's a few queries, isn't there, with these three favourites. You've got Chicago Bull off the second row, uh, $4.20. You've got Magnificent Storm with a question mark at four forty, and Minstrel's drawn awkwardly is $5.00. Yeah, it's a very intriguing race, the WA Pacing Cup, coming through tomorrow night. We've got Gary Hall Sr. lined up a little bit later, so I'm going to be uh, very interested to see what he thinks about the Pacing Cup because he is Mr. WA Pacing Cup. He's won it so many times. So can he do it again? He's got three runners engaged tomorrow night, not only Chicago Bull, he's got the Mayor Bell Catherine, and he's got Wild West as well. So as you outlined, there's a few queries and question marks with a few of these favoured runners. So does that set it up for something else we spoke with chris vogue yesterday he gave a good push for papanik and uh, team bond they've got many other chances away from minstrel as well so intriguing race tomorrow night for sure yeah an amazing dream i just keep looking at that price she just hasn't moved has she three dollars eighty a dollar twenty and the place and the other one's king of swings a dollar ninety five and they're probably going to follow each other chris well king of swing you think will hold up and she'll be behind it well, that looks the obvious scenario, Steve. It, it doesn't look like it's a, an overly fast front line, so it looks fairly obvious as far as the speed map is concerned. King of Swing in front, amazing dream, being in that sniper role, and we know how lethal she is. She's probably, in many ways, largely underrated. When you break down her record, prize money earned, and then you go up against other mares and, and, and you know, sort of put it all together... She's still very underrated. We know that she can beat King of Swing. We saw it here in Brisbane last year during our Ted Constellations, and there's every chance that she's going to get that charm run again and be a, a real winning hope there in mm. the straight on Saturday night. So, again, this race is going to be very intriguing, probably a little bit more obvious as far as the map is concerned compared to the WA Pacing Cup tomorrow night, but still... It's going to be a fascinating race. Well, he's a big player in the harness industry, and he joins us, Anthony Butt. Ants, good morning. Morning, Chris. Hey, firstly, sad news coming through from New Zealand with the passing of Roy Purden overnight. Yeah, yeah, devastating for, you know, the family and everyone involved. He was a very popular man and, um, you know, lived a great life. He nearly got to 95. So, you know, what it's always said, you know, you just got to look back and uh, see his achievements and, um, and see what the family's done, you know as well yeah no doubt about it sad times indeed but as you said a legendary figure of a harness racing not only in new zealand but uh, right throughout the world let's talk about the hunter cup you've won it many many times can you add another hunter cup on saturday night well hopefully chris yeah i've got a great chance you know the mayor's absolutely flying the ballarat run was you know fantastic and you know the barrier draws fall in the favor so you know on paper it looks good so we just hope that um Works out the way it looks. So were you quite chuffed when you saw the barrier draw in its entirety? When you started to map it all out, did you think this is probably as good as it could possibly be for us? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, like I think um, not being an overly fast front row is probably going to help King of Swing hold up. And, um, you know, I think Luke will be pretty keen to hold the lead. He seems to race well in front. And especially with, um, you know, Lachlan Verart drawn out where he is, he's going to have to, you know, work a bit to get across. So... Yeah, hopefully uh, works out like that, yeah. 
That being said, though, is there a lack of pressure mid-race? Is it going to just play out pretty stock standard here? King of Swing in front, Lock and Varant, most expecting him to be outside of King of Swing. You're in behind the leader. Doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of great deal of uh, mid-race pressure. There's no real workhorse off the second row. So could it just be a, a sit and sprint affair, the Hunter Cup? Yeah, that's that's a worry for us. You know, we definitely need some pace mid-race. You know, if King of Swing gets it too easy in front, he's going to be awfully hard to run down. But, you know, it's a big race, and um, a lot of, a few of those drivers out the back, they they won't just sit there twiddling their thumbs, you know, and let, let uh, Luke walk up front. So, you know, there's normally a bit of the unexpected in these big races, so we just hope a few of the boys get a bit of white line fever and, um, check, you know, have a bit of a go mid-race. Would you agree? Would, do you think that the scratching of expensive ego is really important? Yeah, it is, I think. I think it would have changed the race a bit because it would have made, um, you know, probably two horses, you know, Lock and Varad and him that would, would have been up there, you know, vying for the death seat. And um, and so, yeah, it's probably tamed it down a little bit. But, um, you know, in saying that, you know, I'm not too worried. You would, it's always a hard horse to beat expensive ego, especially if it's been right. So, yeah, it looks that way on paper. But um, as you know, they, these races don't normally go to script. Yeah, that's for sure and certain. The last time a mayor won the Hunter Cup, you should know this well, 1995. Yep, yep, remember it well. <laughs> yeah, great mayor, Blossom Lady, won it two years in a row and beat, beat great deals both years, you know. So, you know, amazing dream. She's um, not Blossom Lady yet, but she's getting awfully close. She, she is still a little underrated, in my opinion. For everything that she's done, the record that she's been able to build, prize money earned, in many ways, still underrated. Yeah, definitely, Chris. I agree. You know, she won the Great Northern Derby and the Auckland Cup in New Zealand against the boys, and that's really hard to do. You know, you know the form in New Zealand as well as me, and um, you know, it takes a, an exceptional filly or mare to beat to win those races. So, and then she's gone to Queensland, you know, and won the two big ones up there last year, beating great fields again and great horses. So, she's always a chance of winning any race. She probably needs things set up a little bit for her at times, but she's one of those giant killers that can. Um, you know, she's always a great chance. Okay. Just on the Hunter Cup, do you still feel it should be a stand start? <laughs> yeah, well, I do. I won it seven times as a standing start. <laughs> I haven't won it as a mobile. But, uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I love uh, the tradition of it. You know, it, it did really suit the New Zealand horses back then when it was a stand. And um, you could probably win it with a horse that wasn't the best, you know. Whereas now it's, a, it's an out and out great race. You get all the good horses going for it, and it's awfully hard to win. So, yeah, you know, I, I thought it was a great race as a standing start, but, um, you know, the powers that be decided against it. Yeah. All right. Friday night, we've got the Great Southern Star, the, the heat and final on the same night. Great lineups in both heats as well. Tough Monarch. You drove him last week. Was he disappointing last week? He was, yeah, yeah. You know, Ricky was really happy with him before the race, and... Um, Thought he'd go a big race, but yeah, he's under pressure a long way out, and he battled on okay, but nowhere near like his normal self. So I was talking to Ricky this morning, and he he's really happy with him this week, so he can't really explain what happened last week. So we just got to turn the page, and you know, hopefully he goes a lot better this week. It's a tough draw, though, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, you know, um, really tough draw for him. You know, what do you do? You go, you go forward, you're going to be doing a bit of work, and if you go back, you probably can't get into the race. So. I'll talk about it with Ricky tomorrow night and um, see what he thinks, yeah. All right. What about Majestic Man? Is uh, is he expected to do better tomorrow night? He's got a trailing draw right behind the two favourites, so 
he can certainly feature if the uh, the real majestic man turns up. Yeah, we're confident he will. He he had a little issue last night. He flipped his pallet and sort of cut off his ear, and um, you know he's, he's disappointing. So we've been working hard to rectify that. And you know, all indications are he's great. His work's been good, and he's bright as a button. So you know, wouldn't surprise me if he come out and win a great race. Okay, well, that's tomorrow night. There's plenty to look forward to. We've got some big announcements that have just been made this morning here in Queensland regarding our carnival. Are we likely to see you in July up here in Brisbane? <laughs> I hope so, yeah. So I'm just going to get a, get some drives. So I so know we loved it last year and had a great time and a lot of success. So, yeah, you know, hopefully we can get on some horses that, can, uh, that are coming up or over and, uh, yeah, we'll be there with bells on. All right. Surely Tim can organise something for you, can't he? Yeah, well, I might have to have a maiden at Redcliffe or something just to get there. But, uh, <laughs> but that, you know, no, you never know what's around the corner. You know, when the, you never know when the phone's going to ring in this game. So, so yeah, hopefully there's something there. All right, I've got to ask one more question. My man in the studio, Steve Hewitt, big fan of Captain Ravishing. How did you assess him last week? Oh, no, I was really happy with him. You know, it was a, it was a big ask going into a Group 1 third up, you know, third start. And uh, he, he went... Good, really. You know, they went 52, and um, a, a really good horse beat him, set outside him and beat him. So we just got to hope he keeps progressing, and I think he will. He's a beautiful-looking horse and got all the attributes of, um, you know, being a real top liner. So, you know, as long as he keeps progressing forward, and I think he's going to make a really good horse mm. um, down the track and probably be ideal for the mm. Queensland Derby, wouldn't a- he? Anthony, when you had that horse yeah. parked, however, and, and you held the lead, did you think you were going to win the race? We, you know, they dominated the market. Your horse was into a 280 when they jumped or something like that. Yeah, well, I thought that was my best chance of beating him. I thought if I let him roll to the front, he'd be awfully hard to beat the other horse. So, yeah, if, you know, any time you can get the favourite parked outside you, you know, it's a big advantage. But, you know, he was just too good. So we give it a, a best shot and uh, come up short. But, you know, I'm sure we'll get him somewhere along the track, somewhere. All right. Well, Queensland Derby it is for Captain Ravishing. And as always, really appreciate the time. Best of luck across the weekend. Look forward to seeing you during July. Yeah, good as going. Thanks, Chris. There's Anthony Bud joining us. So uh, some great drives, amazing dream. He's happy, just wants that constant pressure throughout. That's going to be the key to his chances tomorrow night, Steve. He's got to make sure that there is a, uh, a genuine tempo being set up front by King of Swing and then possibly Lock and Vara, who's likely to be on his outside. So if they walk, it makes it a little bit difficult. But if there's a genuine tempo, she's going to be very hard to beat. There's no doubt about it. Well, as I just mentioned, Steve, some big announcements have come through over the last couple of weeks regarding our carnival, the Tab Constellations for 2022. Last year, as we know, a huge success. They came from far and wide. They all wanted to be here. They all wanted a piece of the action. And it was great for harness racing. There was a real buzz about the sport. Racing Queensland have certainly doubled down as far as, you know, putting on the show again for 2022 because... As we've noticed over the past couple of weeks, some new incentives, some big prize money boosts, and that continues this morning because the Albion Park features have been significantly boosted. We're talking about the Blacks of Fake. The Grand Circuit event goes from 250000 to 350000 The Rising Sun, the new race, staged at $250,000 last year. If a three-year-old wins, there's that $100,000 bonus. Well, it goes up to 300000 plus that $100,000 bonus remains, and the Sunshine Spring goes from $100,000 to $150,000. To, uh, to talk more about this, joining us from Racing Queensland now is the Harness Racing Manager, David Brick. He's online with us now. David, good morning. Hey, Chris. Thanks for your time. It is a good morning as well. Yeah, look, it is. It's, uh, it's nice to be able to uh, 
assist in making these uh, announcements and, and discuss them. But no, it was real. I mean, look, the, the industry has been, was really great in their feedback following the carnival last year. There's a lot of positivity, but there was also a number of uh, areas where we received feedback where we could improve. Um, so we've aimed to, to do as much as that as we can. Uh, obviously, you can't do it all at once, but uh, yeah, we think there's plenty of incentive for both our locals, uh, but also to attract the best horses and drivers at that time of the year. Well, I've got to ask, the, announce of, uh, the announcements have been outstanding over the past couple of weeks. Is that it now? There's no more to come next week or anything after that? No, look, I think now really the uh, the path is, we, you know, we will do a fair bit of work and I know you, you yourself help with that, but in recruiting horses and participants up here, obviously we want the Queenslanders to win, but we want them to compete against the best. So there'll be a bit of work in that. We know that um, you know, a key part of a race like the Rising Sun is the wild card and invite. So um, our guys, uh, along with the Albion Park Club, obviously be taking uh, plenty of note over the coming weeks with features um, you know, right across the broad, WA, uh, Victoria, New South Wales and, and New Zealand. So uh, we'll be watching that and um, seeing where which horses we think uh, we can invite here. But, of course, um, that horses don't need an invite to come as well. Okay. Now, just looking back over the past three weeks, with all these announcements that have been made, the Redcliffe Cup doubled in prize money. It's now $100,000 up from fifty. Marburg's got a key day during the carnival as well. And these announcements this morning regarding the Albion Park Carnival, that's almost as good as it can get. You know, you can always improve, and I know, you know, that type of stuff. But right now, that's as good as a carnival that you can put together. Yeah, I think it's a really good offering. I think as far as a carnival goes and providing opportunities for a range of different horses, um, the, I think there's there's plenty there for, for a cross-section, whether it be a young horse um, or, a, or an open-class horse or a mare. So we think there's some opportunities. We, you know, we've added a few different elements, for example, that the stand-start season, which will lead into the Redcliffe Cup. So, again, we think we provide that some, some opportunities for, for different horses. So, yeah, we, we really tried to, where we have to, I guess, corner the market a bit. And we, we can at that time of the year because we know the other states um, like to be given us wins, particularly down south. Um, and it provides us a really good opportunity for them to, to come up, but also for our local participants as well to, to excel at that time. And, and we did add some Queensland elements to the carnival through the the uh, Marburg meeting, as you said, which will work with the club on, on developing that program. And, uh, and also the, the Queensland Sun, which will be an auto-entry race into the Rising Sun. What sort of feedback have you received about that Queensland Sun race? The Queensland trained horses only. Have you got any feedback as yet? Yeah, look, we certainly have. Um, certainly been, um, uh, you know, feedback, uh, positive feedback in, in terms of that was one of the key elements probably last year when we were talking about the Rising Sun, about having a Queensland f- flavour in that race. So... We thought that was a natural progression, progression and provided that opportunity. Um, you know, quite clearly, we do have an element in, in there which does provide um, an opportunity for trainers that predominantly race in Queensland. And we know there's some that are just over the border that pretty much race here, such as your Gale Geesons. Um, so there's an opportunity for those, but primarily it is, you know, for Queensland trained horses. Um, we'll do a little bit more work around that in terms of um, the, the specific conditions of that race. We'll get a bit more of, uh, input from industry before we uh, finalise that. But, yeah, we're certainly keen to have a, a Queensland horse in that race and um, looking forward to it. OK, and the winner of that race exempt from ballot for the Rising Sun. Speaking of the Rising Sun, it's been one of the marquee events that's been boosted with prize money. Looking back at the inaugural edition last year, 
and, and just seeing the horses that competed and, and, and what they've done since, you must be really proud. Yeah, look, it was great. You know, you look at horses like, um, obviously, Krug, we know uh, what he's done and gone back to New Zealand, but, you know, copy that. Um, and then Bondi lockdown, Barroom Banner and the likes. Um, you know, even Mac Da Vinci, who came out of that race, was probably just on the cusp of, of, of getting in or missing out, but, you know, was sort of the... Uh, the, the key horse through the Queensland Summer Carnival. So, yeah, there was plenty of good form that came out of that race and others. And, of course, my amazing dream. I can't forget her since she won it. But, uh, yeah, so I think that we're you know, really pleased with how that race panned out, uh, you know, and, and I guess the, the key element of that is the talkability and, and the, the interest in the race. And we'll be certainly looking to, to replicate that again this year because uh, we think there's some intrigue about that. Uh, one bit of feedback we did get about it, to add some interest was was changing the barrier draw slightly so um, uh, runners could choose their own draw as their name was um, after their name being drawn out. And we see that particularly uh, providing some intrigue around the three-year-olds and mares as to whether or not, you know, if they come out second, whether they decide to take if barrier two or barrier eight were on the board, which one of those they might take. So it just opens the barrier draw up a bit more for discussion and, and intrigue, I think, as well. Okay, so we've got 11 Group 1 races during our carnival now. There's over $2.5 million up for grabs as far as prize money is concerned. Have you started to compile a wish list? Yeah, look, our racing teams certainly have from that point of view. They're sort of working through that. Um, as I said, probably the Rising Sun sort of the, the, the key one at this stage in terms of identifying horses that... Um, We'd love to see here and um, from an invite point of view, but then outside of that, obviously, um, at the open class level and, um, and many of the other classes, you know, we've certainly got horses that we'd like to target and, and trainers. So that'll be part of the process here in terms of um, recruiting um, or targeting trainers to, to bring the horses to the carnival. As I said, it's why we certainly want Queensland trainers to be successful throughout it. We, um, we think a key part of the carnival is, is bringing people from across um, Australia and New Zealand here um, to make it a event. Okay, so you'll be watching that race tonight in Auckland then? For sure. Interesting. Very yeah. interesting. Nice and good that one. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, I see the market was two twenty and a dollar eighty or something like that. So anyway, we'll wait and see, but it's certainly an intriguing race. Mm. And as far as invites are concerned for the uh, for the rising sun, uh, how soon are we expected to see something? Do you obviously watch and uh, have a look at the, uh, the chariots of fire really closely and then sort of start to to map out the, who's going to be invited uh, as the first uh, horse for 2022? Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, last year, the, the uh, Chariots of Fire winner, Expensive Ego, was the first horse we invited. So, um, yeah, certainly that'll be a, you know, it's a, a key four-year-old race uh, in the lead-up to the Rising Sun. So, yes, certainly that'll be one. But as you said, there are other races even tonight and this coming weekend in Victoria as well. So um, we'll certainly be eyes wide open on those. Um, but I'd certainly think in the next month that um, that'll be uh, certainly part of the, the intent that uh, if there's a horse that uh, stands out, we'll certainly like to um, get them on the board and, and hopefully on the way up here or here. What do you think the chances are of having King of Swing have his final race here in, in the winter? before he goes out the stud? Well, I think it'd be, it'd be fantastic. We'd love to see him. He's obviously done a great job in the Blacks of Fake previously or just in, up in Queensland. Um, so, no, it'd be, uh, it'd be great to, to have his swans up here if that's what the connections to, um, choose to do so. We'll 
certainly have discussions with um, with the connections there to see if that's something they're uh, you know they're, they're looking forward to. But yeah, I think there has been some initial. I know the clubs had some engagement there, and um, yeah, we'd certainly be keen to to have him up here. He's clearly been the the horse of Australia for the last couple of years. So um, yeah, mad not to try and get him here if we can. And what about Perth representation? I know you've outlined all throughout Australasia. You want to see representation right throughout the Southern Hemisphere. But Perth is something that we're really focused on. And uh, it'd be great to have, uh, you know, a couple of their stars uh, head, head across the Nullarbor and participate in our carnival. Yeah, for sure. I think so. As you said, uh, you know, our aim is that it's a you know, true Australasian carnival. And, you know, we think we're sort of in a good position to, to be able to achieve that. So certainly um, plenty of WA horses, a bit similar to New Zealand, they offer a bit of intrigue because they pretty much um, uh, do race within their own backyard for, for large parts of the year. But um, they've certainly got some headline horses. You know, last year, there were a couple of trainers that indicated a, a willingness or interest in coming over. Um, Lavra Joe was, was one that was certainly looking at it. Um, you know, and there's been some difficulties, um, obviously, with, with COVID around that. But uh, hopefully that will change in the, in the coming months and make it a bit easier for those horses and, and connections to be able to, to get here as well. So, um, But, yeah, certainly, no doubt, uh, Western Australian form is uh, is strong and be great to see some of them over here as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's very exciting. So it's all out there now. The new carnival for 2022. All of the announcements have been made. New races, prize money increases. It's uh, it's mouth-watering stuff. Really can't wait for this carnival to, uh, to get off the ground uh, later this year. Uh, just quickly, just on the Qbread si- uh, system, uh, continues to go from strength to strength. And you would have been buoyed by those results uh, just recently with the APG sale down at the Gold Coast. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, no, it's, you know, we're, you know, I guess first and foremost, we've we've seen a, a correction or an increase in, in foal crop numbers, which, you know, we, we were hoping to see, so which is really great, um, you know, given the investment in Qbret. Um, but the other side of that, I think, is also the quality. And then the breeders have, have stepped up and, and gone and identified um, new mares that they can um, take either to the sales or will continue to race themselves with their progeny. But, yeah, that was fantastic to see the results there, you know, close to $35,000 average, um, well up on, on previous years here. But, you know... Uh, feedback from APGs that's as high average as they've had anywhere in any sale in their history. So um, for Queensland to be able to do that, uh, look, you know, I think the Qbread system certainly is has certainly helped that with the bonuses. And I don't know that's the type of thing we would have been talking about, um, you know, four or five years ago. So that um, you know, from an industry leading position, that um, you know, Queensland's able to offer as good an average sale price as anywhere, and hopefully that helps our breeders in future um, with confidence going and breeding that they'll uh, get some good returns at the sales. Yeah, absolutely. And Rick, look, their sales still to come. Yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, no, absolutely. So that'll be uh, in end of March. Um, we'll look to uh, work with the club on on promoting promoting that. Um, and again, you know, large majority of them are going to be Qbreds that go through that sale. So um, you know, we expect that that'll help those breeders um, putting horses through there. And um, you know, we'll, it's also something that we'll continue to work with both sales on as to how we can Im- improve that. I think the move to the Gold Coast this year by APG was, was certainly a success and that the feedback we've received, um, it just takes it to a, a new level and um, I think encourages um, new, new buyers, particularly in the Queensland market. So um, that can only be helpful for, the, for those breeders. Yep, outstanding. Uh, David, I really appreciate the time and the update. We'll be chatting uh, a lot more in lead up to our constellations for 2022, but I really appreciate the time this morning. No dramas. Thanks for your time, Chris.
facing Queensland. Well, let's head west now and let's see if we can get this man to head to Queensland in July. We've done it before. We can do it again. Gary Hulsing is online with us now. Good morning. Yeah, good morning, Chris. Good morning, everybody over there in Queensland. Can we get you here again? <laughs> you could if I, if I had a horse as good as the mighty Quinn, Chris, because uh, you know, I've got to say that that was one of the highlights of my career, going to Queensland with him and uh, winning the Blacks of Fake in the Sunshine Sprint. And I see his name still up there, even though he's e- somebody's equaled it on the uh, rail there. And uh, everybody in Queensland made me feel at home, and I had a great time, and they made me feel reasonably important. So that was pretty good. I really loved it. So. You're important. You are Mr. Important over there in WA Harness Race. How'd you go last night at the awards night? I don't think I won anything, Chris. <laughs> I ran second to Bondi. In the, uh, yeah, serious. I'm, I'm getting old. I'm on the way out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'll do me. That'll do me. Now, if Chicago Bull wins the, uh, the Pacing Cup tomorrow night, that might be enough to get you over here. But in all seriousness, can he win the Cup tomorrow night? Oh, definitely, yeah. He's... Um, I think he's going as good as I can get him going at this at his stage, and uh, he he has never worked really much better in his career. And uh, he seems over all his niggles and problems, and he seems really fine. I'm really happy with him, and I think you know he had a chance to draw on one or eleven. He drew eleven. If he'd have drawn one, I would have declared him. But uh, from Barry eleven, he's gonna you know he's gonna rely on luck with the front line. You know I, I don't like back line draws. Um, you're in everybody else's hands. If you're off the front, at least you can make your own luck. So, yeah. But, you know, it, it, on paper, it looks like a good draw for him. Okay. So, would you rather draw there than, say, out in six or seven or eight? Probably. Yeah, probably. But, yeah, it's still, I've always, you know, had a lot more success with horses off the front line. And I've won a lot of those cups from wide draws because they do tend to go, you know, a bit silly early sometimes. And over 2,900 metres, they can't afford to a lot of those horses. So uh, hopefully it's the last man standing. I'm sure Bully will relish that anyway. And that's fair, Lincoln. There was two draws left. It was either one or 11. Yeah. We didn't get a chance. The guy went up and drew Miss Magic out, and we all we were left with was 11, which was happy. I was happy enough with 11. It was quite good. But one would have been... Let's talk... Uh, but yeah. One would have been great, and the connections been. would have had King of Swing drawing one in the Hunter Cup and Bully drawing one in the Fremantle Cup. And while they don't need that sort of luck, you know, it would have been nice. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about the Fremantle Cup uh, last time. Now, were you happy with the horse's effort, or were you disappointed with Junior's drive, or were you disappointed with Aldo's drive on a magnificent storm for holding you out? Well, firstly, I wasn't disappointed with the horse's effort. He, on the line, he was uh, Junior never knocked him around when he couldn't win, and he, he was running home strong to the line at, even after doing all that work. Another few strides, he would have beaten Magnificent Storm home. Um, I wasn't unhappy with Junior's. I thought Junior made the right, right move. Magnificent Storm went forward. They went a one-six lead time. He was four wide to the first bend and did a power of work. And it's beyond my comprehension why he didn't sit on Chicago Bull because Minstrel was never handing over. So I, 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 the tactics there were just uh, inexplicable to me. But um, Junior was a victim because he was caught three wide and obviously he hasn't got the speed to get around a horse like Magnificent Storm if he didn't want him to get around. And they both paid the penalty. So effectively, Aldo took the first and sec- the second or third favourite out of the cup. And, um, you know, I wasn't happy with that, but, um, you know, these things happen in these races. You've got to cop it on the chin and move on to the next week, but um, I definitely wasn't unhappy with Junior's drive and I wasn't unhappy with the horse, So, uh, and I'm very happy with the horse's progress since, and, you know, 
I don't want to put the mark on him, but he never usually makes two mistakes in in uh, in a row. Not normally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he's getting yeah. a bit older too. Um, he's getting a bit older too. <laughs> Who is the horse to beat in in your eyes? Oh, definitely Minstrel. Um, there's no doubt despite about that. Despite the draw. Yeah, despite the draw, he's the horse to beat. I think. Um, I don't think Moose Magic's really got the class, although Emily's driving in great form and it's drawn one and she, you know, if there's a war, she, it might be the last one standing. Uh, I think it's probably got some hope. Uh, Belle Catherine's got a hope. She's working really well and I don't know where she's going to end up from that barrier draw, but if she gets a nice run, she she will definitely run the distance out and she's in good form. Uh, but I definitely think Minstrel's the danger. I think Magnificent Storm's proven to me that he, anything over 2,100, he's sus. You know, he just seems to not get to the line. There's talk that he shuts off and waits for him. I don't believe that. I believe he's out, you know, he's out on his feet, at, you know, and he stops a bit at the end of the journey. So I think, you know, he's only a young horse. I think the world's his oyster is probably going to be WA's best horse because he's pretty tractable and all that. He's got brilliant gate speed. So I think, you know, another year, I think he'll be a he'll be a different proposition. He'll be very hard to beat. You need to get him over there in Queensland. Get him away from here. Magnificent <laughs> Storm. Yeah. <laughs> But I reckon. Yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. Right, we'll work on that. Just just on Minstrel, though, out of all the yeah. horses competing in the Cup tomorrow night, has his preparation been perfect? Yes, I'd say yes. I'd say he's, um, they, you know, like, Bonnie's always talked to me about getting it right, you know, getting the preparation right for those Cups, and he used to ask me what I used to do, and I, and, uh, and um, you know we've discussed it quite at length, and the, he said I've got to. That's where I've got to improve my. Uh, I've got to have him peaking at the right time. And I think this year he managed. That he Cornelled the Fremantle Cup, and he looks to have very big chances in this year's uh, pacing cup. And Minstrel was definitely at the peak of his form. He's a strong stayer. The 29 will suit him to the end of the ground. That's the thing. So um, I, um, you know, I think he definitely has planned it, you know, to perfection really. Right. Just with your others, I know you briefly touched on Belle Catherine, but Wild West and Diego, do you give them any sort of shot? Uh, Wild West is a rails horse. He's he's on his way to Menangle after this run. And I think he'll be a good horse there where Luke McCarthy's going to take him. And I don't think he'll be a king of swing, but he'll be up there with some of the nicer horses. Anyway, he's very quick and, and Menangle will suit him much better than Gloucester Park. And, and um, you know, like, I, I hope for the connections, he does does a similar job to King Swing, that's for sure. If he's half as good, that'd be good. And then, um, yeah, and um, Diego would have been a chance drawn, you know, like 10 or 1, you know, just a suck along draw. And uh, if they go go hard, he's a, he's a strong star himself. But he lacks a bit of class, but he's uh, he very seldom doesn't finish off in a race. And I thought, you know, like, he was my real smoky chance of winning, you know, with a long shot. And uh, Barry Nine, I think, really put him out of the race. But you never know. You never, never know. Okay. Okay. Well, you've got a uh, an unbelievable record in this race, the WA Pacing Cup. You've made it your own. There's no doubt about it. Just quickly, King of Swing, Barrier One, does he win the Hunter Cup? Oh, I, I, I think he will. I just... Um, I'm a little bit worried about some of the tactics that might be employed there. You know, like I, I you know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I, I see Spirit of Louis leading early and him taking doing the retake to put Amazing Dream three back, but it might not be possible. You never know. But Luke's a great driver; he'll work it out. But I think he made a, you know, he'll admit himself that he made a mistake in the Blacks are fake. I think he was a bit, um, was it 
what, what would you call it, complacent going to the you know to the start. I think he just thought he'd lead for fun and and he wasn't really cranked up. And I think Amazing Dream caught him with his pants down really. And I think he you know, and that's a rare thing for Luke McCarthy to be caught like that. And I, I think that's what happened in that race. And I think it, well, he won't make the same mistake on uh, Saturday night in the Hunter Cup. And, I think you know there's a lot of conjecture about whether he should have won the horse here. I think he was he was uh, unbeat. I, I haven't got interest in him, so I'm not being biased. I think he was um, he was outstanding in his, in the year. He won a million dollars for two years in a row now, and um, you know he won the Miracle Mile, and he, he is Australia's best horse. And he's a little bit one-dimensional. I think that's probably the biggest criticism you make of him. He hasn't really won from backline draws and when he's been wide and that, but when he's on pace, he's definitely very, very hard to beat. And you'd imagine that's all he'll be on Saturday night. So I think he'll win. Yeah, he was an obvious choice for horse of the year. Uh, Texas Tiger, is he back in work? Back in work. Got little problems with him. He got he got a quarter crack. Uh, he's been working really good and then he got a quarter crack. So I've had to ease right up on him, but he's... he's He's, he um, went a bit silly on me. He got, you know, pulling real bad and um, knocked himself around working and all that sort of thing. So we've we've backed off on him and tried to get on top of him. But now he's got a quarter crack. But I'm, he's a young horse and he's got a lot of ability. And I'm I'm going to put a lot of time into him, give him the time to get there because I think he is a definite um, grand, not a grand circuit, but definitely a Group One type horse, like a Pacing Cup or a Fremantle Cup for sure. And okay. I'd love to and come to Queensland. Right. You've got a horse called Smart Watch in your stable. Yes, you know I have. Yeah. You know the problem. You could bring over. You could bring him and you're so fine over. Yeah, I could. I could bring Jumpin' Jack Mac. Yeah. Jumpin' Jack Mac would be a possibility because he could go to the next level. He he, he never had a lot of luck last prep and I'd probably put him. Put him to the sword a bit too often. He had too many hard runs, but he, he's definitely got that sort of ability. So yeah, I'd love to come to Queensland, but you know, like it's hard to get there. You know, for us. Okay. I've got to ask the question. Got to ask the question. Stevie's in the studio. How's the boat going? Boat's going good. I just don't get out of it enough. So I've got a, <laughs> yeah, I've got a few fish. <laughs> First time we went out, we had a really good day. Yeah. I'm, uh, I love it. You know, it's just relaxing. And when I'm out there, I'm all I'm doing is thinking about fishing and the boat and all that. And I forget all about all my other worries, like the horse worries and the owner worries and uh, trying to prepare horses for races and hoping you've done it right and all that sort of thing and the anxiety you get. So it just relaxes me. It's like taking a sleep until when I get in from fishing, I go to sleep and have a good night's sleep. So it's good for me. Yeah, you don't realise how many bad days there are, Gary, till you own a boat, do you? Weather, <laughs> weather days. <laughs> Yeah, it is true. And everyone that yeah. I know that's got a boat never uses it enough. Yeah, a bit of bit bit like that, but mm. I'll send it up to I'll send it up north and my mate'll look after it and I'll just fly up there for a week and spend a week on it. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, you're so. talking about me or S- sending it to me? <laughs> Where are you? I'm up north in Queensland. Anyway. <laughs> It's a bit far. I'd like it. We'd go out in the Great Barrier Reef, be terrific, wouldn't it? Uh, green zones, though, they're a problem. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. No Best worries. of luck tomorrow night. We'll be in touch. All right. No worries, Chris. Thank you very much for the call and thanks for having me on. And thank you to everyone in Queensland for the way they make you felt when I was over there. I'm anxious to get back, but if it was a little bit easier travel wise, we'd definitely be there for sure.